Welcome everybody, my name is Makal Nasrani, and this is Islam for Christians. Episode 14, Surah 113, Al-Falaq, The Daybreak. Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of the Daybreak, from the evil of that which he created, from the evil of the darkness when it is intense, and from the evil of malignant witchcraft, and from the evil of the envier when he envieth. And now the Arabic, as recited by Saad al Ghamni. This is an early Meccan surah, and combined with surah 114, it's as much a prayer as it is a surah. The combined prayer of 113 and 114 is often called al-ma'awad hatan, and according to the Hadith, Muhammad would say this prayer every night. Not only that, but he would literally breathe this prayer into his hands as he spoke it. And when the prayer was finished, he would rub his hands over his head, his face, and his chest. So, yeah, for believers, this is pretty powerful stuff. Muhammad was literally covering himself in spiritual armor. One thing to clarify before moving on, line two in the Pickthal translation states, from the evil of that which he created. He is capitalized, meaning God. This can easily be misinterpreted to sound like God is creating evil, but that line is talking about the evil which sprung from God's creation, meaning, as in the previous surah, men and jinn. Another translation from Yusuf Ali is from the mischief from the mischief of created things. This surah is often linked to Surah 114. And I think one of the reasons it was separated was because the rhyme and tone of Al-Falaq is quite different. If you remember Surah 114, every line ended with a hard S sound. The five lines of Surah 114 end in three different consonants, and all with a short A sound at the very end. Part of this might be that this Surah is dealing with much more abstract concepts, and the vowels at the end just sound less declarative less certain than the hard sounds of 114. This reflects the subject matter. 113 is about more abstract concepts of evil that arise from the creation, whereas 114 is making declarative statements about God's relationship to the creation. One is much simpler than the other. Anyway, on to the content. This is letting the reader know that there are forces for good and evil, between day and night, metaphorically. This is why God is the Lord of the daybreak, the general of all forces for good. Like the dawn, God gives hope to those who want to pierce all the things that the darkness brings, ignorance, fear, and evil. But the creation pushes back, so a person must remember the Lord of the daybreak. God is good, but his creation can be wicked. So when evil is at its, at its height, the Quran says, Take refuge in God. Take refuge in the promise that daybreak will come, that light will win. The reader, listener, 
is implored to not take refuge in superstition or fear or dark arts or the false promises of those who promise to do things that only God can do. Take refuge in God from the physical dangers and uncertainty of the night. Refuge from the fear that people and evil spirits can create in you. And even refuge from those creating physical dangers from without. If things are dark, this surah's intent is to remind people that only God can bring light from the darkness. Trust in God. Put God first and remember him always. He will shield you from evil. And also remember that God is the source of light, which means he is also the source of truth and knowledge. On a less grandiose note, turn your attention to the fourth line of this surah and the reference to witchcraft. This can be translated as many things, and it is. Pickthall calls it witchcraft, but others call it occult practices or secret arts or something similar. The reason they use these terms is because the literal translation of the Arabic would make no sense, because literally the words are those that blow upon knots. That's knots, K-N-O-T-S. In ancient Arabia, this was a catch-all phrase for all the dark arts, basically. And it references a practice of blowing curses onto knots and then tightening them. There was a belief that physically tightening a knot would make the curse unbreakable. The Quran makes it quite clear that doing these things is evil. But it's unclear whether these things have any actual real-world power, according to the Quran. But when Muhammad would shield himself from these things, was he attempting to protect himself from some sort of powerful spiritual malice? what we might call a demon, or was he trying to shield himself from falsehood? The notion that, hey, you know, this is happening, but this is all bunk, and I don't want to believe that. So is the evil produced by the witch, or is the evil believing that the witch is powerful? So you could go either way with that, and God seemingly protects against both. Uh, magic and witchcraft has always occupied a strange place in Abrahamic religions, particularly in the post-Enlightenment West. For the longest time, I could never understand why religious people paid any attention to the occult, or even bothered denouncing certain things. Voodoo is not real. So why care at all if someone is trying to curse someone, or playing with a Ouija board, or some other thing? But over time... I gradually began to ponder whether these types of things might be windows into an ugly world I just may not fully understand. Uh, for anyone interested in this, I highly recommend the book An Exorcist Tells His Story by Father Gabriel Amorth, A-M-O-R-T-H. Read it with an open mind. Just don't tell any of your rationalist friends that you did. Without direct knowledge of the unseen world, which is something I certainly do not have, I think either position is defensible. From either perspective, uttering these prayers into your hands and rubbing them on your body, as Muhammad did, is shielding you from evil, be it actual evil spirits or the lie that evil spirits can be sent against you. I think the Christian equivalent of Surah 113 is the end of our father, the prayer, our father, asking for defense from temptation and evil. Like Surah 113, God is the refuge from these things. 
A lesser example from the Catholic world are the many prayers specifically designed to ward off evil. Uh, the, the prayer to Michael the Archangel comes to mind, complete with the powerful visual on the prayer card showing Michael stepping on Satan's head. The existence of intermediaries to shield from evil is far more prevalent in the Christian community than the Muslim one, although mostly among Catholics and Orthodox Christians. But in Islam, Allah is the only one who offers protection. Allah, the Lord of the daybreak. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time. Inshallah. Thank you for listening to Islam for Christians. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep this show ad-free, you can also visit my Patreon page and subscribe. I'm at patreon.com slash Islam for Christians. That's patreon.com slash Islam for Christians.